Morning prayer begins on page three. The hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Continuing on page seven. O Lord, when thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. The Lord is glorious in his saints. O come, let us adore him. Together, Vernike, on page 9. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, let the whole earth stand in awe of him. For he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth, and with righteousness to judge the world and the peoples with his truth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. First Psalm this morning is Psalm 1, on page 345. Blessed is the man that hath not walked in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stood in the way of sinners, and hath not sat in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law will he exercise himself day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the water side, that will bring forth his fruit in due season. His leaf also shall not wither, and look, whatsoever he doeth, it shall prosper. As for the ungodly, it is not so with them. But they are like the chaff which the wind scattereth away from the face of the ungodly. Therefore the ungodly shall not be able to stand in the judgment, neither the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. But the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, and the way of the ungodly shall perish. Psalm 15 on page 357. Lord, who shall dwell in thy tabernacle, or who shall rest upon thy holy hill? Even he that leadeth an uncorrupt life, and doeth the thing which is right, and speaketh the truth from his heart. He that hath used no deceit in his tongue, nor done evil to his neighbor, and hath not slandered his neighbor. He that setteth not by himself, but is lowly in his own eyes, and maketh much of them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth unto his neighbor, and disappointeth him not, though it were to his own hindrance. He that hath not given his money upon usury, nor taken reward against the innocent. Whoso doeth these things shall never fall. 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the third chapter of the Book of Wisdom. But the souls of the righteous are in the hand of God, and there shall no torment touch them. In the sight of the unwise they seem to die, and their departure is taken for misery. And they're going from us to be utter destruction, but they are in peace. For though they be punished in the sight of men, yet is their hope full of immortality. And having been a little chastised, they shall be greatly rewarded. For God proved them and found them worthy for himself. As gold in the furnace hath, hath he tried them, and received them as a burnt offering. And in the time of their visitation they shall shine, and run to and fro like sparks among the stubble. They shall judge the nations, and have dominion over the people, and their Lord shall reign forever. They that put their trust in him shall understand the truth, and such as be faithful in love shall abide with him. For grace and mercy is to his saints, and he hath care for his elect. Here endeth the first lesson. Together today in Ladamus on page 10. We praise thee, O God, we acknowledge thee to be the Lord. All the earth doth worship thee, the Father everlasting. To thee all angels cry aloud, the heavens and all the powers therein. To thee cherubim and seraphim continually do cry, Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth. Heaven and earth are full of the majesty of thy glory. The glorious company of the apostles praise thee. The goodly fellowship of the prophets praise thee. The noble army of martyrs praise thee. The holy church throughout all the world doth acknowledge thee. The father of an infinite majesty, thine adorable true and only son, also the Holy Ghost, the comforter. Thou art the king of glory, O Christ. Thou art the everlasting son of the father. When thou tookest upon thee to deliver man, thou didst humble thyself to be born of a virgin. When thou hadst overcome the sharpness of death, thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Thou sittest at the right hand of God in the glory of the Father. We believe that thou shalt come to be our judge. We therefore pray thee, help thy servants, whom thou hast redeemed with thy precious blood. Make them to be numbered with thy saints in glory everlasting. O Lord, save thy people and bless thine heritage. Govern them and lift them up forever. Day by day we magnify thee, and we worship thy name ever, world without end. Vouchsafe, O Lord, to keep us this day without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us as our trust is in thee. O Lord, in thee have I trusted. Let me never be confounded. Here begins the 19th chapter of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. After these things I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven, saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power to the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication, 
and he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. Again they said, Alleluia, and her smoke rises up for ever and ever. And the twenty-four elders and the twenty-four living creatures fell down and worshipped God, who sat, by, sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Alleluia. Then a voice came from the throne, saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and, and as the sound of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, See that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Then I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe drip, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Here ends the second lesson. Jubilate Deo on page 15. O be joyful in the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with a song. Be ye sure that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. O go your way into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and speak good of his name. For the Lord is gracious, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth from generation to generation. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come. The Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. 
let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Almighty God, who hast knit together thine elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of thy Son, Christ our Lord, grant us grace so to follow thy blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to those unspeakable joys which thou hast prepared for those who unfeignedly love thee, the same thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth their eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom. Defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning to all. Today is All Saints Day, and this is a, a major uh, prayer book feast. It's um, one of six feasts that have what is called an octave, where you commemorate the feast for the day and seven following days. Uh, that you say the colic for the feast after the, after the other colics for the seven following days, <clears throat> and it's a feast that developed as a way to honor the you know we have these saints who are dotted on the calendar uh, with their stories and observances, but the church recognizes that there are holy people who d don't have a day, so it's a feast of all uh, commemorating all of the saints, and it's. As we'll talk over, you know, today we uh, at our celebration and also tomorrow All Souls Day, um, it's a little bit of a of a tension distinction between Christians who are saints and Christians who aren't, because the New Testament doesn't envision any difference at all. When Saint Paul pens an epistle to the saints in such and such a city, he's not, you know, writing to the subgroup of people who are really holy as opposed to the masses of the Christians, uh, but Nonetheless, in the history of the church, we note that some Christians have led particularly holy lives, exemplary for the whole community, and they're honored as having been those who can provide the example and even in our uh, uh, language of vicarious influence on the whole. But all who enter into the kingdom are called to be saints, and our vocation is always to pursue holiness, and we look at saints as examples uh, as those who, who've done that well. Our lessons um, from Wisdom is an apocryphal book, and these are books written between the end of the Old Testament and beginning of the New Testament. As Anglicans, we don't see these as having the same status of authority as 
uh, the Old and New Testament books, but we read them for uh, instruction, and they provide a very important bridge between the Old Testament and the New Testament, because the last book of the Old Testament is maybe in the mid-400s BC, and the first book, New Testament, talks about events that are early in the first century. So the Apocrypha gives us a, uh, uh, a link that tells us what's happening <clears throat> in the development of thought and history of Israel, and the church has always read them in that way. And wisdom uh, develops the Old Testament thought a little bit, because in, in all of our reading the Old Testament, there's always this idea that um, <clears throat> the good and bad that people do cause them to be sort of uh, punished in time. Uh, we just finished up, for example, the punishment of the house of Ahab for his idolatry, and uh, that's a temporal punishment. His house was wiped out. Um, but there wasn't a whole lot of understanding of what this meant in a post-mortem way, in the idea that the Old Testament, everyone, when they die, you went to, to, to Sheol, which is the equivalent to the Greek Hades. In the intertestamental period, this, um, this idea gets developed into the idea that within the reality of Sheol or Hades, that there is a division. Um, and wisdom picks this meditation up. Uh, it, it, in chapter two, the chapter we didn't read before, it, it talks about how the unrighteous set traps for the righteous and, and, um, and, and they and, and even unjustly take his life. It's interesting if you can read through Wisdom chapter two into chapter three. A lot of this narrative sounds like Holy Week, uh, the, the way they lay trap for the righteous and see if God will help him. Um, but it proclaims that the souls of the righteous, those who departed because they live faithfully, they're in the hand of God, and and no torment will touch them. Whereas it says that it's not so with the unrighteous, those who've rejected God's will and word. And this is brought into the New Testament in, for example, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, where we see the postmortem fate of two people, and they are, now there's a division. There's not one big holding tank, but there's, there's, uh, paradise, Abraham's bosom, paradise, and there's, and there's the torments of, of, of Hades. When we come into the Revelation lesson, um, what we have to understand is, is I think it's important to understand something called um, inaugurated eschatology. And this means that whereas the Old Testament focused mostly on this life and justification through one's behavior by God, in the intertestamental period, the, the focus is extended beyond this life into the postmortem existence. In Revelation, what we're really envisioning is God's people now living in the kingdom. Because what happens in the New Testament that, that moves everything forward is through the, the death, uh, resurrection, ascension of Jesus and the Pentecostal gift of the Spirit. Through the Spirit, we now live in the kingdom. And therefore, the future judgment of God of righteousness is already anticipated right now. We don't have to wait for God to say, that that there's that that we're justified we experience it right now in the spirit and revelation is an enormously <clears throat> difficult book to interpret but um uh in revelation 19 from the perspective that we we embrace and i think makes the most sense of the new testament the the triumphal shout over the downfall of of, of the great prostitute is 
a triumph over the, the victory of, of God's people over unfaithful Israel, the Israel that conspired with the Roman authorities to put Jesus to death, the unfaithful Jewish leaders who persecute the church throughout the New Testament. And at the, in, and in the year AD 70, Israel was um, invaded by the Roman legions and completely destroyed and never was a nation again until this century. <clears throat> and so the idea that the saints are rejoicing, <clears throat> excuse me, that, that God has judged just as through the mouth of Jesus, um, he prophesied he would. Your enemies will surround you and build an embankment around you and level you and your children within you because you didn't know the time of your visitation. Um, and, he, and he prophesied that the blood of all the saints and prophets would fall on this generation. And so now God, God has vindicated his new covenant people who live faithfully. And what's important to understand about Revelation 19 is it's not strictly a future thing. This is something that God's people who, who, who are already um, clothed in, in linen, pure and bright, because the right, the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. That's already a reality that we're called, we live in union with God and Christ the Spirit. We're called to manifest that in good works we do, and we live in that in that uh, vindication and the idea that the imagery of the of the of the revelation lesson imply, uh, it applies to the mission of the church because the rider on that white horse leaves the armies of heaven out into the world and this is how the gospel went from that first century setting in Jerusalem where where the faithfulness of God's people was vindicated in the destruction of Jerusalem now out into the world where the gospel spread throughout the world and it's fought the same way that is the righteous behavior of god's people who are consistent in prayer who offer prayer to god as is shown in revelation 4 and 5 who live in god's will and word uh, and proclaim the word are vindicated by god's judgments sometimes in time and ultimately at the end of time but the, the the main point of revelation that's important if you're going to make a sense of it is that we're already living in this reality the old testament anticipated the reality the the intertestament appeared expanded it to the post-mortem and now the future is here now that we live in the church in the kingdom of god as those who already taste that which will be in full when the kingdom comes and what All Saints Day then uh, does for us is, is, is um, encourage us again to live in this vocation, to live in relationship with God and Christ the Spirit, to practice good works and to um, uh, bear faithful witness in the world and thereby bear witness that we are already justified and vindicated as we wait for Jesus to come and make his judgments uh, clear. And sometimes they're made clear in time and ultimately will be made clear at the end of time when, when our Lord comes to judge, to judge the world. So a few thoughts about All Saints Day and lessons. Um, we'll continue the prayer for all conditions of men on page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men. Thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially, we pray for thy holy church universal, 
that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith and unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are anyways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we then unworthy servants to give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourself to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. One final note, uh, hope you all have a great day, great praying with the day, um, that if you're interested in uh, this interpretation that the Whore of Babylon Revelation 18 is primarily connected to Israel. I've got a, an extended writing on that where I pursue that theme. So if, if, it, if it doesn't mean anything to you, forget about it. But email me and I'm happy to share it with you. A little bit of an approach of, of that makes a little bit of sense out of the book of Revelation. I think that's the key, that's the key interpretive uh, uh, thing for Revelation. Who, what's the identity of this woman who's judged? And so if you're interested in those thoughts, email me and I'll send you the paper I wrote about it. Have a good day. Happy All Saints Day, everyone. Peace. It was awesome, Thank Bishop. You. Thank you. Thanks, Bishop. Thank you very much. Great good stuff. Good day, everybody. Bye, kiddos.